In a world of conflicting values, when questions are more common than answers, God's Word provides everything we need to live a God-centered, truth-driven life. Now, here's the Word for Life broadcast, brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Well, good morning. Uh, Welcome to the Word for Life broadcast, and my name is Ken Keltner, pastor at Brookside Baptist Church, and and, uh, over the next uh, several uh, mornings, you're going to be hearing from some of our missionaries that uh, have been with us during our missions conference. We were promoting that quite a bit up to uh, this time in October. And so today I have Tim Chapman with me, Tim uh, and his wife Cheryl and, and their uh, their children, uh, teens actually now, uh, Abby and Micah and Lauren have grown up there in um, Peru and you've been there uh, in Peru 16 years. And Tim, thank you for coming and joining us on the broadcast. Yeah, thank you, Pastor Ken. It's a privilege to be able to be with you today. Well, it's been great having you with us. And tell us a little bit, uh, maybe uh, about your uh, your background, where you grew up, and maybe how you came to know the Lord. And then uh, we'll we'll get into what's been going on in Peru and how God's been using you there. Yeah, for sure. So uh, my dad was a Christian school teacher, and um, in North Carolina, so that's where I grew up. But my dad had always always talked to us about uh, Chile. South America, wanting to be a missionary there. I heard it a lot, just assumed as a kid that it was just a pipe dream and uh, that would never really happen. But um, the Lord did some some real serious work in my, my dad's heart. I remember seeing him go up in front of our church, ask forgiveness for things he had spoken badly about two men in the church. He had made right with them, wanted to make right with the church. And I was embarrassed to death as a 10-year-old hearing my dad do that, but when three or four months later, he gathered us and said, we're going to go to Chile as missionaries. I Even at that age, I I knew there was a connection between those two things. Wow. And yeah. um, so it took a little while, but as a 15-year-old, um, we moved from, at that point, South Carolina to South America, to Santiago, Chile. Um, I truthfully didn't didn't really love it down there. Um, you know, as teenagers aren't the aren't the brightest species on earth, and it didn't dawn on me that I if I didn't learn Spanish, I couldn't really talk to anybody. <laughs> and I should have worked harder before we went there. Uh, my sister learned really quickly. She worked at it ahead of time, and uh, she was talking circles around me, and so it was a little hard for me. But in those two years I lived there, we learned Spanish, and. Um, uh, I left Chile as a 17-year-old to come back and finish high school and go to college in the States thinking, you know, I'm not really against the Lord, I, I you know, but I, I just didn't want to go back to South America. Mm-hmm. And uh, God in His grace uh, began to get a hold of my life in college. And uh, eventually I just couldn't get away from the fact that He had allowed me to learn Spanish and that He probably wanted to use that and. And so we've been 16 years in a Spanish-speaking country in South America, and it's just just the grace of God in my life. Yeah. So when you came back and you were in the states, uh, did uh, uh, did you, when you're talking about the Spanish, did you kind of start to lose a little bit of it? And, yeah, that's a good and, question. Uh, so I, I came back mostly fluent, not good at it, but but I could hold conversations. Um, you know, the Christian college I went, there was a, a Spanish group and they'd always eat together. And if I didn't have anybody else to eat with, then yeah. <laughs> I would go sit down at their table. And, and they would all speak Spanish? And it was all Spanish. Yeah. And uh, so that, that was helpful. Um, but um, 
you know, mo most people, they learn Spanish first by studying the grammar, and then eventually they get a chance to go visit a country and, and, and do, do conversation. In my case, it was flipped. I, I learned conversation just, you know, we learned Spanish going out and playing soccer in the afternoons in the, in the street. Um, but I didn't really know the grammar too well. Mm. And uh, so when, when I was doing seminary years later, uh, just, you know, after Sharon and I had been married, um, the, the Christian school where we were at, the Spanish teacher quit. And the, um, the principal came to me and said, hey, I, I, I need a Spanish teacher and I think you need a job. I said, yeah, I need a job. He said, well, I'll pay to teach Spanish. And I said, great. And uh, so um, that's where I learned my grammar. Yeah, you, you learn the grammar while you're teaching. Teaching it. I don't teaching, think yeah. they learn very much, yeah. but uh, man, yeah. it was, you know, every morning, every night for the next day, it was look at the book. And then most nights it was, oh, so that's why we say what we say. Yeah. But yeah. looking back, that was the Lord's gift to me to yeah. give yeah. me the, give me the grammar. So, yeah. So now over 16 years there in Peru, and uh, friends, if you're just joining us, I'm talking to Tim Chapman, our missionary to uh, Peru, and you're listening to the Word for Life broadcast. Uh, so Tim, tell me a little bit about, you know, what what actively has been going on as far as ministry. I know you're pastoring, and, you know, share, you know, if you have a story or, or um, someone just uh, how they came to Christ and, and what you've just been seeing God do there in Peru. It'd be great to great yeah. to hear what God's doing all over the world. Yeah, the Lord's been very, very good to us. Um, uh, he, for a long time, I really thought the story of my life would be camp ministry in Peru. Um, I've worked numbers of summers in camp here in the States uh, back 20 years ago. Love the ministry camp. And um, for, for many years in Peru, four or five years, we, we really thought that's, that's what God was, was opening for us. And we began to, to go that direction. But uh, God has, God is so good at opening doors and he's so good at closing doors. He sure is. And, and mm. both of those are, are good things. And in closing the camp door for us, um, for reasons there's not time to go into today, but for closing that, he at the same time was burdening my heart to go to downtown Lima. Lima's a city of 10 to 12 million. We, in the last five years, had close to a million Venezuelans pour into the city um, because of all that's going on in their country. It's just a massive city continuing to grow. And as we looked at where there were Bible preaching, gospel clear churches. Uh, most of them are on the outskirts of the city and the poor areas and very little in, in, in the center of the city. And uh, mm. so the Lord led us to go down there. You know, I'd lived in that city at that point. This was 2015. I lived in the city for nine years and there were whole sections of the, of the, the center city that I was very unfamiliar with. And uh, we just began to walk the streets. Um, when, when a group from Brookside came down in 2015, um, uh, we had a little card made that said a new church coming and it had my cell phone number on it. You know, we weren't real good at marketing yet or, yeah. and, and we just, we hit the streets and, um, that was the, the beginning. And, uh, six years later, uh, we don't have a building. We're not really looking to get a building yet. <laughs> Um, we've got over 200 people that gather on Sundays. And um, I, 
I, I look at what the Lord's done. Uh, basically, the Lord has us as a light for gospel clarity in that city because there's a lot of other gospels being preached. There's a lot of confusion on the from all the Roman Catholic background. There's a lot of confusion from uh, prosperity gospel churches. Mm-hmm. And um, even in the pandemic, though we our church has grown in the pandemic because as, as people have you know, went online, um, they, in God's grace, started finding preachers that were really preaching the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then eventually they say, I wonder if there's a church that, that, that preaches that way. And so um, we're seeing people saved, um, baptized eight, eight adults uh, on May and our sixth anniversary this year. Um, um, by far the majority of those saved in the last six months to, to, to two to three years, just, just got to some really neat things in people's lives. Uh, but a lot, a lot of our growth in the church has been people that have, have been saved and, and our church is like a refuge for them because mm. they're getting fed and the, the fellowship is Christ-centered. And so mm. uh, we're training future pastors with a pastoral intern program. One of those joined our staff. There's three of us now leading as pastors in the church. Uh, we have another pastoral intern and um, just excited to see where God will lead him. There's God's raising up some men in the young men in the mm-hmm. church that mm-hmm. we think will probably enter the pastoral intern program soon. Uh, that's awesome. And uh, just really grateful. So God's doing some good things. And so you sounds like you have several first generation Christians there too, which uh, that always really is uh, um, like a shot in the arm to yeah. to the church to see new Christians and see how you're having to train and, and equip them. Where so where since you have no building, where are you meeting right now? Yeah, so we had been the Lord has always provided a place for us as we grew. We'd move somewhere else and um, little auditorium to begin with a little bit bigger auditorium the next time. And then he led us 2018, 2017 to a really nice place. There was a Bible society, a group that mm-hmm. basically prints Bibles. They had built a new modern building, their fourth floor. We rented it out. I had a small auditorium, mm-hmm. auditorium and a couple other Sunday school rooms. And so that was a great setup all the way up to the beginning of the pandemic. And then we went eight months, could not meet physically as a church. Yeah. We gathered again for two months. And when we gathered again for those two months, end of 2020, uh, we went back to where we planted the church, but not inside the auditorium, but out in the parking lot, essentially, wow. under a tent. And um, we went, the, the second wave of COVID came through, everything shut down again, three more months we couldn't meet. And finally in May of 2021, we we can meet again. And we've been able to meet since then. But we, we, again, we went back to that tent. So we meet. Essentially, there's a there's the building. There's a tent, and we meet under the tent. There's a, we've laid or not we've laid down, but there's a green um, synthetic grass floor, and um, we can fit in probably max everybody actually under the tent would be about 230, and we're pushing that number right now. So, wow. um, and you know what? We love it. It's um, people are walking by the street all the time and um, uh, it's just, you know, it's, I don't know, it's kind of the DNA of our church right now. So yeah. um, we're excited to, to be able to meet there. Let me tell you real quick, one, yeah. one story. Yeah. One of the guys who baptized, a guy named Nicholas mm-hmm. and his, his sister's family began attending church. They're believers. And um, Nicholas came to, we did a couple's 
banquet mm-hmm. and the sister signed him up. Mm-hmm. He, he Nicol- her, her brother, Nicholas and his wife. And, and so I met him that day. He kept coming, um, began to meet the small group at our, at our house. We travel a long ways to, to get there. There was no small group close to where he lives and, and started coming to my house and um, God saved him. He's a, he's a big guy. There's not too many big Peruvian guys and he's mm. tall and big. And um, just to watch, watch how God has clarified the gospel for him and um, he's burdened that his wife gets saved. His wife comes, but she's, 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 not, she's not saved yet. Um, but he's one of several that it's just been really, really neat to see God's work in his life. Nicholas, so folks, if you, uh, even if you're driving along, you might just uh, pray for Nicholas right now and, and for his sister, is it? Or his wife? Well, his wife that's his not wife, saved. His wife's not saved. Yeah. And you, you'll you probably hear um, uh, when you listen to Dan Sahested, our missionary in Romania, of um, um, a man almost like Nicholas who was faithful in church, coming, teaching even, but his wife wasn't saved, and, mm-hmm. and she came to, to know Christ, and uh, it just really was revolutionary for their whole church family. Well, Tim, it's great having you today with us, and uh, we'll continue to pray that God will use you in a great way. And um, if you would, uh, remember, uh, Mike Gendron is going to be with us November 12th and 13th, and um, I know he'll be a great blessing to you. And if you don't have a church home, please come by and see us. Have a wonderful day. May the Lord bless you. We hope you enjoyed today's program. If you have a question we can answer or would like information on the Word for Life, would like to donate to help continue to produce this broadcast, or need resources for your Christian walk, contact us at Brookside Baptist Church, 4470 North Pilgrim Road, Brookfield, Wisconsin, 53005. You can also visit us at brooksidebc.org. That's brooksidebc.org. Or call us at 262-783-6180. That's 262-783-6180. Thanks for listening today, and please tune in again as we bring the Word of God to your life.